Myself Chakras, episode 135. Discovery consists of seeing what everyone else has seen and thinking what no one else has thought. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, your friend, your host, and your fellow action taker. And we are back to the show that exposes you to ideas long forgotten, to people who show you that it's all right not to be perfect, and concepts that will help you begin your human revolution. Now, it's a beautiful morning here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I am grateful because I have one more reason to connect with you, my fellow action taker. That's right, you, the one listening to this show this very moment. Action Tribe, we have a spectacular episode in store for you today. But before that, let me ask you this one question. What is that one thing that makes you happy? I repeat, what is that one thing that makes you happy? You see, happiness is contagious. And today we're going to use the power of social media to spread some love. So whether you're on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook, use our hashtag My7Chakras and tell me what is that one thing that makes you happy? I look forward to connecting with you on social. And with that, we are now ready to welcome our featured guest for today, Dr. Carrie Drisga. So Carrie, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I am. Wonderful. So Dr. Carrie Drisga is known internationally as the functional medicine doc. She's committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fix the cause with natural treatment so that they can feel normal once again. Dr. Carrie holds two doctoral degrees, chiropractic and naturopathic medicine. Additionally, she has training in functional medicine and the Kalish method and is a certified gluten practitioner. Always an avid learner, Dr. Carrie has obtained a level of expertise in a profession that no other doctor in Canada has achieved to date. Dr. Carrie speaks and gives interviews on such topics as natural treatments for fatigue, chronic pain, hypothyroidism, and digestive health. She's been a featured guest expert on multiple podcasts and a featured speaker at the Eastern Ontario Chiropractic Society. So Carrie, that was a short intro about you, but take about a minute and help us get to know you a bit better. Oh, I would love to, to do that, AJ. Again, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. So a little bit about more, a little bit more about me. Um, I've been in practice now for 20 years. I don't know where it all went to. It's gone by so fast. Mm-hmm. I'm married. I'm actually originally from Chicago, but I've been living now here in Canada, in Ottawa for 20 years, and I absolutely love it. I'm married. I have no kids, but I have two basset hounds that I adore. Wonderful. So thanks a lot for that intro. And as we always do, let's begin today powerful episode with some inspirational wisdom. So please tell me, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And also tell us how you apply this quote in your life. Oh, it's so funny that you asked me this question, AJ, because as we're speaking here and we're doing this interview, I'm sitting in my office where I see my patients Mm -hmm. and uh, right in front of me, I have this quote plastered on my wall. So it's right over the shoulder of my patient. And it says, discovery consists of seeing what everyone else has seen and thinking what no one else has thought. And that's by Albert Zent Georgie. And he is the founder 
of vitamin C. He's a Nobel Prize winner. Wonderful. I think that's really, really powerful. And it sort of speaks to perception, seeing what everyone around you can see, but using the power of your mind to think what no one else has thought. I think that takes sometimes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of perspective and it definitely comes with experience. Is that correct? That's great. And you asked about how do I apply that in my life? Well, I apply that all the time within my practice when I'm seeing patients doing functional medicine. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, life and health, there's multiple things going on that we have to keep in mind. And usually when patients come to see me, they're pretty sick, you know, and they haven't gotten any answers. They've usually been told like everything's normal. You're just stressed. You need a vacation or you just need more sleep. And unfortunately, a lot of times they're not being taken seriously by their doctor. At least that's a perception that they get from them, that they're not being taken seriously. It's like, you know, all in your head. And so oftentimes when they come see me, I have to really think outside of the box. You know, what is going on? What is wrong? What's out of balance? If it's in their physical being, in their, you know, the Is it in their body, their mind, their spirit? What part of their lifestyle is out of balance and how do we get them healthy again? So I honestly apply that pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that some patients are not taken seriously by their doctors. And I completely agree that when a patient sometimes knows intuitively deep down that something is wrong, they just know it, right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess that's one of the things that I would really like to get across to your listeners today. And I bet they already know this, but if you have a gut feeling about something to really take that seriously, no matter what anybody else you know tells you otherwise, even if it's a doctor, sure. I cannot tell you, AJ, how many patients have come in and they tell me, Dr. Curie, I just have this feeling that I have a problem in this area. And can we test for that? Or can we treat for that? Can we look into that? And, you know, actually, I'll say, AJ, very early on in my practice, when I was really green behind the ears, I would kind of roll my eyes and say, I would say, no, I don't. I think you're wrong. And silly me, I've learned that I need to trust what my patient is telling me. Their gut feeling is almost always right. So for the listeners out there, if you have a strong, intuitive gut feeling about something, whether it's your health or something else in your life, do not ignore that. Even if you have a doctor telling you, no, that that's not true, it can't be so. You got to follow what your intuition is telling you. And I've learned that in my practice with patients. If they have a gut feeling, I always honor that. Always now. Beautiful. So let's start with what really inspired you to write your book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again? Oh, that's a great question, AJ. So part of what it inspired me was my own journey uh, going through fatigue. So what happened was I was actually 15 years in practice as a chiropractor. And I realized long before that, that I was not happy being a chiropractor. I realized long before that what I really wanted to do was practice functional medicine full time. And at that point, I made a decision that I needed to go back to school and get my naturopathic degree. And what that meant, AJ, was I had to move from Ottawa back to Chicago for two years, you know, away from my husband. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was on the craziest schedule. I was in class 30 hours a week. So I was in class in the morning, in the afternoons, in the evenings. And then all of the time spent with, you know, studying, preparing for exams, writing papers, and then 
on top of that, I was flying in back and forth to Ottawa to still try and maintain my private practice. So it was a crazy, insane schedule. And about six months in, I, like I was really starting to feel the fatigue settling in. And I knew it was because of all the stress I was putting my my body and my brain under. And I just thought to myself, well, I just have to, you know, suck it up and just get through it because I've got this goal so that I can help uh, more patients with functional medicine. So I got, you know, I got through all that period of time, graduated, uh, passed my board exams. And I just thought, well, I just need some downtime to rest, to recuperate, and I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And about three months into that, you know, I'm sleeping 10 hours a night. I'm taking a two hour nap every day. And my energy just did not bounce back. And that's when I realized that I was in trouble and I needed to start treating myself, which is kind of a no-no. You know, doctors, we're actually not supposed to treat ourselves because we're not, we're not unbiased when we do that. So I broke all the rules and I started treating myself with functional medicine to really root out where my fatigue was coming from. So going through that whole process, it really made me appreciate, you know, again, about what it feels like to be a patient. And then on top of that, I just was attracting so many patients with fatigue and just realizing that... In general, fatigue is very mismanaged within our current healthcare model. And just like we were saying at the top of the show, like so many people just are not taken seriously. And they know deep down inside, they know that there's a real problem and they want to know what is that problem? What is, how do we test for that? What's the solution to it? How do I get myself feeling like my old self again? So I'm sorry, that was kind of a long answer, but that's, that's how I got into uh, writing the book. I just wanted to share my story and give people hope, hope and some inspiration sure. that there is an answer out there for them. Sure. So you realize that you weren't happy with being a chiropractor and what you really wanted to do is practice functional medicine. And then you realized, although that made you happy, that really thrilled you because it would mean, you know, a different career, different future. That would really mean spending two years away from your home and actually living in Chicago. So firstly, kudos to you for taking action and listening to your gut, your intuition. For someone who is new to this field, what exactly is functional medicine? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess we should cover that shit. We? So, um, <laughs> so functional medicine doctors, like we really understand how everything in your body really is connected. So like we're real nerds about the biochemistry and how the hormones are connected with the gut and the digestion is, affects the immune system and how that affects the brain and all of it together. So everything in your body really is connected. And then each person also is a very unique individual. So realizing that everybody is unique and that there's not just like one, a one size fits all approach to health. There's not a one size fits all approach to fatigue for sure. Yeah. And that we're all unique and different and to respect that within our healthcare system. So everything's connected. So we, we're looking at the body as a whole and then trying to figure out where the root cause is. And usually there's multiple things going on actually, and it kind of gets complicated, but finding the cause and then how do we fix that? And especially how can we fix that in a natural way that's non-invasive and that's safe. And a lot of that goes back to the more or less the very basic lifestyle changes like having a good diet and exercising, stress management, doing things like deep breathing, yoga, meditation, chiropractic, acupuncture, whatever it is that that particular patient needs to not just feel better, but to get their health back to a whole new level. So in short, I like to say find the cause, fix the cause, feel normal again. That's basically functional medicine in a nutshell. 
Love that. So you mentioned looking at the body as a whole, but moving away from the one size fits all solution and diving deep into the root cause of what's creating the problem in the first place and not just settling on the symptoms. Because Action Tribe, you are a unique individual and organism. So Carrie, so that we're able to understand the challenge at hand better, what exactly is your definition of fatigue and how is that different from stress? Ooh, ooh, I like that question. So uh, how do I answer that? Okay, so this is for you and and then for the listeners out there, sure. I want you to think about how much energy do you have on a daily basis? And I want you to rate it from zero to 10. So zero would be no energy at all. And 10 would mean your batteries, you feel like your batteries are on full charge. So kind of think about day in and day out, how would you rate yourself for your level of energy? So I would say if you're not rating yourself at eight or higher, you do have some level of fatigue. And of course, that could be like really extreme. Mm. I have some patients coming in and they're like, I ha- I'm like at a one or two. Mm. And then I have patients that are like at a six or seven and they're just like, you know, I'm tired, but I know things could be better. So fatigue is kind of like on a spectrum in that way. But that's kind of a like a really great easy way to start. And uh, so the other part of your question is, well, what's the difference between stress and fatigue? Yeah. And I guess usually the one causes the other. It's how it usually seems like we, there's, you know, when we think about stress, there's mental, emotional stresses, and then there's physical stresses that can be generated from inside your body. So physical stresses could be like if you're eating a poor diet or if you're eating foods that you have a food allergy or food sensitivity to, or if you have a hidden infection that you don't know about that internally creates stress. And so I do think stress is the the first domino that makes the rest of them fall and leads you towards the path of having fatigue. Now, this beautifully ties in to my next question, which is based on your experience, what are some of the underlying causes of fatigue? Okay, so fatigue, to be quite honest, fatigue is a very complicated subject. So in my book, I really tried to simplify it. And I wrote about eight of the fatigue factors. So at the top of the list are anemia and thyroid problems. So for anybody out there that has fatigue, that's the very first thing that needs to be done is some basic blood work to be checked to see if you have anemia or thyroid problems. And uh, oftentimes I'd say nine times out of 10, those tests come back as normal. Then that's kind of when the person is so like, you, you're just stressed and you need a vacation or maybe you're starting a burnout and you need to take three months off of work or you just need more sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> or let's try an antidepressant. So the, the other things that can contribute to fatigue are, and these are now in no particular order. Sure. We have a uh, cortisol imbalance and cortisol is your, your main stress hormone when it comes to chronic stress. And then the next one I talk about is blood sugar imbalance, that your blood sugar can be too low, it can be too high. Oftentimes it's like a blood sugar roller coaster, and that will rob your your body of energy and especially your brain of energy because your brain requires about a third of the glucose in your body gets burned up by your brain. And then I also talk about uh, just basic uh, nutrient, vitamin, mineral, and nutrient deficiencies. If you don't have the basic building blocks to make energy, that's going to put a wrench in uh, your energy production and you'll have fatigue. And then I talk about hidden food allergies, hidden food sensitivities um, that are very common. And there's we talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, chronic hidden infections. So that could be like not enough good, friendly bacteria probiotics, and then too much bad 
bacteria growth or yeast overgrowth or parasites. And then the last one that I cover in the book is about brain. That You know what? Actually, it could be in your head. And I say that very in a tongue-in-cheek kind of matter. It could be in your brain that the brain brain chemistry is off balance or there's weak areas of your brain that need to be strengthened so that that's where a lot of times if people are having brain-based fatigue, I guess that's another question, AJ, that I like, like to ask patients. So for the listeners out there, if mm. you're feeling tired, do you feel more tired in your brain? Like, is your brain mind feeling tired or do you feel physically tired in your body or is it both? And that kind of helps me, you know, try and figure out the, the puzzle because in the end, it really is a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Now, I love that you spoke about cortisol. And in your book, you mention hormonal imbalances or deficiency as one of the reasons that causes fatigue. Could you talk a bit about the importance of hormonal balance for health and wellness? Yeah, absolutely. So hormonal balance, you know, that's that's kind of a big category that talks about and includes uh, cortisol and DHEA. And uh, then there's the sex hormones. So estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and then there's the thyroid hormones as well, T4 and T3. So that whole category of hormonal imbalance is a big one. And what's so interesting about the body, I'm such a nerd about these things, AJ, because <laughs> I just love how it yeah. all works together. So what's so interesting in the body is that, you know, ultimately it's your brain that's responsible for the hormonal production. So your brain talks to the pituitary gland, and a lot of your listeners probably know the pituitary gland like sits um, right between your eyes, kind of like in the center of the brain. And it's kind of like if we consider the hormones as an orchestra, the pituitary gland is the conductor of that orchestra. And so when we have one mm-hmm. uh, musician that's off key, all of the other hormones will start to get affected. And so it's interesting because hormonal imbalance can be a cause of fatigue and, and trying to figure that out is, is not necessarily easy. But going back to asking uh, simple questions like, when did the fatigue really start? You know, what was going on in your life six to 12 months before you started feeling tired? A lot of times what people will say is they went through a major stress like they had a major financial stress, or maybe they were going through a separation and divorce, or maybe there was a big physical stress to the body, like they got really sick, or they were in an accident, or they had a major surgery. So a lot of times with hormones, there's a stress, and that throws the cortisol out of balance, and then that has a trickle-down effect on the rest of the hormones, the the thyroid hormones and the sex hormones. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, it's going to have that there's a very typical response that will happen. Mm-hmm. So I love that you ask these powerful questions like when did it start and what was going on in your life during the moments when you were feeling that fatigue? Because it might be that stress that could actually be starting the problem in the first place, right? Yeah. And you know what? It's usually stress that starts the problem in the first place. But you know what happens after that is a lot of times people just ignore, right. you know, their, their fatigue. They, they feel tired and then they say, well, it's because I'm not sleeping well, or it's because, well, I should be eating better. Um, I should be exercising. A lot of people kind of get caught in this trap of, especially with exercise. Well, I'm too tired. I know I should exercise and it'll make me feel better, but I don't really want to. And so there's a lot of these vicious cycles that start to happen. And unfortunately, by the time somebody actually comes to see me, this has been going on for years and the stress is long gone. But the effects of the stress and the whole domino, all of the dominoes that fall on the body, that that's then what we need to try and figure out and clean up. 
Sure. So I love that you touched on the topic of sleep because many of our listeners are taking steps to transform yes. their lives. They're reading books, they're listening to podcasts like this, attending workshops, generally working really hard for a better tomorrow. And sometimes sleep can get affected. Yes. So could you talk to us about the importance of sleep for you know good health and wellness? Absolutely. So it's so funny because uh, some of the research that's coming out, and I think this was the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, that's in the U.S. in Bethesda, they consider sleep deprivation as an epidemic right now. That's how bad it is. So many people getting six hours or less of sleep on a regular basis. And uh, that can be devastating to the body. So we know there's a lot of hard evidence research behind sleep deprivation and how it impacts your heart health. Of course, um, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in North America. It affects your heart health. It affects your immune system, puts you at more risk for cancer. It definitely affects your brain. And all of us, we know when we've had a poor night's sleep, our brain is just not the same the next day. But imagine that on a chronic basis, how that can have an effect on your memory and putting you at more risk for things like dementia, dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And then, of course, if you're not getting enough sleep, your metabolism will start to be affected as well. And a lot of people who have trouble losing weight, mm -hmm. a lot of it is just rooted in their not getting good deep sleep every night. And so that those are kind of the what the research is showing about why sleep is so darn important for us. And that I don't think a lot of people really realize that while we're sleeping, our body is actually extremely active, repairing and rebuilding and detoxifying. So when we're not getting the deepest levels of sleep, you know, we're, our body is starting to suffer in that way that we're not repairing and rebuilding and detoxifying like we should be. And of course, people who have fatigue, that's one of the questions I ask them straight off the bat is, how are you sleeping at night? Do you have a hard time falling asleep or do you have a hard time staying asleep? Mm. So for the Listeners out there, here are some tips that I've learned. For those of you that have a hard time falling asleep at night, that's usually, that could be that the cortisol is too high at that part of the night. Cortisol normally should be at its lowest point when you go to bed. And that's part of what helps make you relaxed and fall into sleep. So if you're having a hard time falling asleep, it could be your cortisol is too high or it could be that your blood sugar is too high. And so that can easily be remedied with diet changes. And then for those that have a hard time staying asleep at night, mm. that can be that the cortisol is starting to rise too early in the night or that the blood sugar is dropping and you're, you have hypoglycemia during the night and that wakes you up uh, too early, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. So like very simply, those are some of the very basic things that I look at. And then, you know, treatment for that, that goes back to stress management, that goes back to eating a healthy diet to help keep the blood sugar stable. And a very simple thing, if you don't mind, if I give you one more tip, AJ. Oh, be my guest. Okay. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, very simple thing that I'll recommend for all of the listeners and you too, AJ, if you don't already do this, sure. is to buy, buy an eye mask and why buy and wear an eye mask when you sleep at night. So most of us, we sleep in uh, bedrooms that tend to have a little mm -hmm. bit of ambient light in it. So whether that ambient light is coming from your alarm clock or from your cell phone or whatever electronic gadget is in your room. And I really recommend you just take all electronics out of your bedroom. But I know for most people, that's that's a hard thing to do. And then of course, there's that ambient light that creeps in around your window shades. Mm -hmm. And so just that little bit of light helps 
it, it really prevents you from falling into the deepest levels of sleep. And so wearing a simple eye mask, you know, a $5 eye mask that you can buy over at Winners or over at Marshalls if you're in the U.S., that $5 eye mask helps black out that little bit of light. And what ends up happening is then your brain can make maximum amounts of melatonin, which will drive you into the deepest levels of sleep. And oftentimes what a patient will tell me is they'll say, oh my gosh, Dr. Kira, I can't believe how much that one simple thing has helped. A lot of times people will say they're not necessarily getting more sleep at night, but they're getting deeper sleep. So they're getting better quality of sleep. Mm. And uh, so I hope at least some of your listeners take that to heart because it's so simple, but it can have such a powerful effect. Wonderful. I think that's a really powerful tip. And no, I don't use the eye mask, but I've heard so much about it. And I think your advice now will act as impetuous for me to actually go out and get an eye mask. Now, let's say a person gets a good amount of sleep, let's say seven to eight hours. My question is, is all sleep made equal? Let's say they sleep at 10 p.m. versus, you know, sleeping at 12 to 12.30 p.m. Is all sleep made equal? Ooh, that's a good question. So, um, you know, there are a lot of different viewpoints about sleep. One mm-hmm. of the latest uh, discoveries is that we sleep in 90-minute cycles. Okay. And it seems like when we add it up in 90-minute increments, they say that the average person needs between 77 and a half or nine hours of sleep. And that if you're getting less than that, you are definitely suffering from some level of sleep deprivation. But uh, your question is about depending on what time of night. So usually in the, the later parts of the night is when we should be in our deepest levels of sleep. Our cortisol should be its lowest okay. and our melatonin should be at its strongest. And uh, it's so interesting. Um, I wanted to mention something that I've learned recently. Um, I have a podcast called The Functional Medicine Radio Show and I had a guest on recently, a dentist, and we were talking about sleep. And he helped to remind me about this. And a lot of healthcare and life in general is about being reminded about things that we already know. And we just kind of like forget about it. So he helped remind me and he, he actually said that um, snoring is not normal at all. And uh, for people who are getting plenty of sleep, but still have fatigue or are waking up tired, they should be checked for snoring and they should be checked for sleep apnea. Too, because those can be very common causes of just not falling into the deepest levels of sleep as well. Interesting. So you're saying that a person might get adequate sleep, but might wake up feeling tired. And that might be actually a result of them either snoring or suffering from sleep apnea. So they should get that checked. Yeah, yes. I I can't tell you how Mm -hmm. many people come in and they're like, I sleep nine hours, 10 hours, 11 hours on Mm. the weekend, Dr. Curie. But gosh, I am still so tired. I'm just dragging through the day. It doesn't make sense. And you know what, AJ, it doesn't make sense. And so again, it's like using this approach with functional medicine to really find the root cause. Part of it is, yeah, what is their sleep like? And if they're not getting good sleep, and it could be as simple as they need some kind kind of an appliance so that they stop snoring, or they have better air circulation through their nose to stop the apnea or whatnot, so that they can get into the deepest levels of sleep, and then their body can rejuvenate from there. Wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing those amazing tips and advice. Now, based on what you've shared today, if you had to tell one of your students or one of our listeners to go out and apply, do something that would help them lay the foundations for long-term good health, what would that one action be? Ooh, this is a really hard question. So, okay. 
this is going to be my advice. This advice I actually learned from a book called The Slight Edge. The author is Jeff Olson. Okay, so the book is called The Slight Edge. And in this book, he talks about it's the small things that we do every day that have the biggest impact on our lives. So, you know, I think a lot of us think like we have to do these big, big dramatic changes in order to have an effect, whether it's on our health or if it's on our family, our relationship, our business or whatnot. And it's so interesting in this book, The Slight Edge, he talks about it. It's actually the small things, the small things that you're doing every day or that you're not doing every day that are either leading you towards your goal or away from your goal. And so very simply, you know, one way to apply this, let's say from a health perspective. So you wake up and you know that uh, you shouldn't drink coffee for breakfast, that it's not good for your health. And yet you do it every day, you know, mm. and you look at that coffee and you, you have that little voice in your head that tells you, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. That caffeine is giving you energy, but it's not really helping your health. And yet we still do it. So I guess that would be my advice to the listeners is to look for the small things, the small changes that you can make. When I was working on getting my energy back, how I applied this to me, to my life is, uh, when I was looking at making diet changes and going on a gluten-free diet. I had taken a course with Dr. Tom O'Brien in 2009, and that's when I really learned about the detriments of wheat and gluten in the diet. And of course, since then, wheat and gluten, like that's at the top of the news headlines when it comes to health. Mm. And I will tell you, AJ, sitting in his course for that weekend, he was talking about all of the harmful things that wheat and gluten do to us. And in my mind, I was making a mental checklist. And I was like, at the end of that summer, I was like, wow, I really have to stop eating wheat and gluten because I know just from the symptoms he was telling me that it was affecting my health. But I got to tell you, AJ, the thought of going on a gluten-free diet was extremely scary for me, as it is for a lot of people. Making changes to our diet is like a very personal thing, extremely scary. And it took me, honestly, three years to build up the courage to finally go on a gluten-free diet to the point where my health got to such an extent, my, my fatigue got to such an extent that I said, I just have to do it. I just have to do it. So I took the advice from the slight edge. And what I did was I just took it one step at a time. So I just worked on breakfast and I just worked on how do I make my breakfast a gluten-free breakfast? What do I need to buy? I looked online for some recipes. What do I need to have in my refrigerator? What can I have in my pantry? So it took me maybe a couple of weeks to master eating a gluten-free breakfast. And then once I got that under my belt, then I took the next step, which was to start working on a gluten-free lunch. And so again, that took me a couple of weeks. And then once I got that step underway and I felt really comfortable then, I went on to taking the next step of doing a gluten-free dinner. So you can see it's just like a very step-by-step process. And that helps it from being overwhelming. And yet at the end, and it maybe took me about six weeks to really shift my diet to be 100% gluten-free. And you know what? At the end, AJ, I, I had that thought of, wow, you know what? That actually wasn't too hard after all. I don't know why I was so scared in the first place. And then I was also feeling better. So I know that was a pretty long answer to your question, but yeah, 
the information in the slight edge is the small things. So, so look at the small things that you can change in your life on a daily basis because that will have ripple effects like you would not believe. Well, thanks a lot for that really amazing and powerful tip with those splendid examples. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for this episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 135. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 135. understand that it's okay to be scared or uncertain. However, right beyond those barriers ultimately lie your dreams. This is a powerful quote by Josh Hines. Action Tribe, the feelings of uncertainty and fear are signs that you are about to take a leap out of your comfort zone. Just like your first jump into the blue waters of your swimming pool or your first bike ride without the training wheels or your first speech in front of your classmates at school. The feeling always appears when you're leaving the safe and comfort confines of your everyday routine. Take a deep breath, have faith in the universe and take action. Because as Josh once said, your dreams, they lie beyond those barriers. So Carrie, take us back to a time when you faced a major obstacle. Firstly, what was your initial reaction? And then how did you make it through? Oh, let me see. There are so many obstacles that I could tell you about, you know, because life is not perfect. (laughs) And so I guess the one that I'll talk about, and this was the biggest one in my life was, um, okay, so going back to when I was first in practice as a chiropractor, I don't think I mentioned this, but my husband, he's also a chiropractor and we met in chiropractic school and his dad is a chiropractor. So like chiropractic is a big part of our family. So I was five years into practice. So five years after graduation, five years in a private practice. And I remember coming home and uh, sitting down with him at uh, dinner. And I remember asking him, I, I said, Ben, do you like being a chiropractor? Because I really don't like being a chiropractor. And, you know, that's a very scary thing to admit, especially since you still have like a big pile of student loans to pay off. And he looked at me and he said, no, I love I love doing being a chiropractor and, and doing that. No, I love it. And I, you know, AJ, I kind of felt like, what is wrong with me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I spent all of this time, all of this energy, all of this money becoming a doctor, a chiropractor. And I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. Although I love chiropractic, I didn't love being a chiropractor. And so I kind of felt like, oh boy, here I am at, uh, I'm in my mid twenties. Now, what do I want to be when I grow up? And it took some time to really figure that out. And, uh, and I could, that's probably the same for many people. You have a realization. Part of it is just having that realization and then giving it time for the universe to help show you the way. And so I learned just from seeing patients, okay, I have patients that are not getting better and that really bothered me. Why aren't they getting better? What am I missing? And so slowly I started learning about nutrition and detoxification and food allergies and whatnot. And finally one day, so this would have been years later, I learned about functional medicine. That was in 2003 is when I took my first functional medicine uh, course. And I was, I was like, wow, this is it. This is my calling. And uh, that's where I just realized that's what I wanted to be when I grew up, a functional medicine doctor. And then, uh, you know, the story after that is just making that decision of, wow, now I have to go back. That means I have to go back to school and spend more money, more time away from my family to get the degree so that I can really practice functional medicine to its full potential. So that that's a kind of a few obstacles along the way. But again, just kind of for the listeners to understand that you might be facing an obstacle right now. And most of the time, those are just short-term obstacles and that the universe usually does show you the way. And it's just a matter of time. And sometimes we just need 
to be patient about that, right, AJ? That is so true. That's so true. I think patience goes a long way. And as you mentioned, you can't really, you know, change everything in one day. But you got to take small steps. Have a big vision, but take small steps. And before you know it, you'll be in the right place at the right time. Yes. With the right person and, you know, helping the right people. So, That's right. Carrie, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners today based on your story? So a major life lesson... I guess would be, and I suppose this is nothing new and and probably a lot of your guests have already said this, is that it's not easy to find your true calling in life or your true passion in life. And it doesn't have to be anything uh, bigger momentous like like being a doctor as I am it's just finding what motivates you and uh, and how can how you can use that to help others in your life so no matter what kind of a job you have or no matter where you're at in your life is just to figure out how can I use that to help others so firstly thanks a lot for sharing your story with us I think it's really really amazing and there are so many lessons that we can take today from your story and apply it right away you mentioned that you were five years into your practice which is a long time and one day at home you asked your husband you know whether you like being a chiropractor and actually it was a question to yourself if I may put it that way <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> right and he said that he loves it but deep down you knew that uh, it didn't feel right you weren't in the right field and then you had the realization as you mentioned that was the first step and after that realization you didn't stop you took time to actually figure things out and not only figure things out for yourself but figure things out for the people around you in terms of what is that missing piece in healthcare or in society and what is that opportunity that you can use to help your patients out i think that is super inspiring and what followed was a series of actions that you took not looking back but ensuring that you were able to at least commit to making that transformation you taught us today that it's never too late to make a change irrespective of the financial situation your age your background or your circumstances you reminded us that it's not going to be easy but you need to find out a what motivates you and b what allows you to serve because I think it was Tony Robbins who said that there are two things that make us fulfilled one is personal growth and b is contribution if you have both then you are fulfilled and you've taught us through your story that you focused on both these critical factors action tribe the main reason why i conduct this show is to introduce you to people who have found and made use of their gifts people who have experienced challenges just like you and me and people who have gone beyond anguish and failure to raise their consciousness there is more in you then you know you just need to get a little glimpse of it because when you do you will feel like you're on fire you will feel like you received a pair of wings and you will feel like there's a fresh surge of energy running through you because your life will not be the same again because as kurt han once said there is more in us than we know if we can be made to see it perhaps for the rest of our lives we will be unwilling to settle for less and it seemed like you were unwilling to settle for less so based on that carrie what is your life's calling as on today i think my life's calling is to serve people by doing functional medicine that is my true passion and i love helping people and i think by doing that I my hope is that I'm as I change one person's life, it has a ripple effect in their family and then in their families' families and in their communities. And then that's how we slowly start changing the world as well. 
That's amazing. And as you look back at your life, if you had to share one magic moment, a moment that really changed the direction in which you were heading, what would that be? Oh, one magic moment. Let me see here. I think I would go back to, you know, going back to my story of realizing what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be a chiropractor and realizing that um, in order to be really fulfilled, I had to go back to school and get a naturopathic medicine degree. So I think it was that moment. And and I have to tell you this story, going back to being patient and uh, kind of waiting for the universe to kind of guide you on these things. This is so funny, AJ. So typical of the universe. I was in my private practice. I had a doctor come over to visit me who happened to be a naturopath. And honestly, I don't know why, it was the first time I met a naturopath. We had a great conversation and he left my office and I did a little Google search about what what is a naturopath? What is a naturopath? Are they real doctors or not? What do they do? What is their scope? So it seems so silly, but I did this Google search and I was like, wow that's what a naturopath is. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I'm looking for. It's so funny that the universe brought that doctor to me on that day at that point. And then I did that simple Google search and I, it was like, a smack in the head. Wow, this is it. You know, I finally found it. I think that's amazing. It seems like you are collaborating with the universe because one, the universe sent you this person and B, you actually used Google <laughs> yeah. search to find out more. Because if you did not do that, it would always be at the back of your uh, mind and that would actually hurt you because you're not resolving that one query that you had. So love that you're collaborating with the universe. <laughs> yeah, it's that simple curiosity, that little voice in my back of my head, that simple curiosity totally shifted everything. That's really inspiring. And with that, we have arrived at the last round for today's show, the wisdom round. Four rapid fire questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. Are you ready? Okay. So what's the best advice that you've ever received? Oh, the best advice I've ever received is to stay true to myself and to try and live my own life, to be authentic to myself, not to try and be somebody else, not to try and be like Dr. Oz or somebody else, try and be my own authentic self. That's amazing. Name a personal habit that keeps you strong. Oh, a personal habit that keeps me strong. Um, So one of them, so I mentioned at the top of the show that I have two Basset hounds. And so one of the habits, and they really help me with this, is they remind me on a daily basis to take them for a walk. And so we go for a nice walk (laughs) and I just try and Think about just being in the present moment, you know, looking at the trees, listening to the birds chirping, smelling the different scents that are in the air and just trying to be in that present moment while I'm walking them. So how do you start your morning? What is your morning ritual like? (laughs) That's a great question. So yeah, I usually start my morning ritual is I get up and I got to give the dog some new fresh water and feed them. And uh, I usually just kind of sit down and think about uh, the day ahead of me and practice some gratitude in that moment. So thinking about three things I'm just grateful for in that moment as I start my day. Thanks a lot for that. Now, name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. Oh, there's a lot of great books out there and it's not going to be my book that I'm going to recommend. I've already (laughs) mentioned it. It's that one by uh, Jeff Olson called The Slight Edge. Slight Edge. Yeah, I think it's brilliant and it can be implemented towards your health, towards your relationships, towards your family life, towards your career in so many different ways. So the slight edge. Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my 7 forward slash 135. That's my 7 forward slash 
slash 135. So, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. It was phenomenal listening to the advice, the tips, the stories, and the perspective that you really provided us. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how do we find you online? So, AJ, one thing that I'm grateful for, and this might sound a little bit silly, but this morning I was running late uh, to the office to see patients. And so I, uh, running into the kitchen to get my smoothie ready. And I was grateful because my sweet, sweet husband had all of my smoothie ingredients laid out on the kitchen counter, the spoon, the measuring cup, the jars with the lids off, everything was ready to go. He's such a sweet man. So it's so silly, but yeah, those, those small things are so sweet. And so I was grateful for that today. And how do we find you online? Oh, yes, of course. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so the best place to find me online, I guess, this uh, kind of my home base would be at drkiri.com. So that's spelled D-R-C-A-R-R-I.com. And that's where you can find my podcast, The Functional Medicine Radio Show. And of course, my blogs and the, all the interviews that I've done. Done, including this one. I'll post that on there. And then that's where you can find the link to my book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. And you can find uh, the link to my other program called um, Entrepreneurial Fatigue, How to Boost Your Brain and Body for Entrepreneurial Success. So at drcurie.com. So there you go, Action Tribe. We've covered so many topics today, so many different aspects of yourself, which in a normal context are looked at separately. But today we've learned that you are a unique individual. And all these different aspects need to be looked at holistically. Your sleep, your hormonal level, what you eat, what you're thinking, and how you live your day-to-day routine. All of those things matter to your ultimate health and wellness. In order to learn more about functional medicine, go to drcarri.com because that's where you'll get so many other resources. You'll get access to Dr. Carrie's podcast where she has spoken at length about this topic. So you'll get to know a lot more about this topic. Topic. We'll have the links in the show notes. Kai, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about functional medicine and taking us one massive leap closer to a human revolution. AJ, thank you so much for having me on your show. It has been a pleasure speaking with you and your audience today. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.